Hey, and welcome to the podcast that shall not be named. Episode 401 for 16 August 2021. As I'm heading north at the end of my workday. Well, who knows when the end of my workday really is. It's about 20 after 6. And I'm just heading out the north side of Mohawk. That is the city on the southern side of the county and has about 98% of the population of Keweenaw County. Keweenaw County is a total of about 2,000 people, by the way. Sometimes a little more, sometimes a little less. And welcome to the inaugural podcast uh, in the work truck. After uh, 17 years of using personal vehicles for the day job, at least one of the day jobs, and uh, having a lot of mechanical issues with personal vehicles, the company has finally purchased me a work truck that I can keep all my tools in. I don't have to load them every morning and unload them every night and try to fit them all into a Jeep TJ Wrangler. This is a six-passenger Chevy Silverado 2007 with 322,000 miles on it, but it is in immaculate condition. It's a diesel V8, four-wheel drive, six-foot box as opposed to the eight. Not thrilled about that, but uh, hey, it's free. They're paying the expenses to maintain it, and I finally have a work truck, so it's all good. And as you can tell, it's not terribly loud. Um, I do something about, uh, yeah, my oldest son going the other direction. He must have worked the early shift today. Or no, no, it's one of his days off. He's on his way down to see his uh, his girlfriend. Okay. Anyhow, um, so easily distracted. Squirrel. It's been a while again. Lots going on. This lots lots going on. Especially in the EMS world, um, had some of the most brutal shifts I've had ever, and we keep losing people. Um, when I'm helping out at the main station, we are down to one medic for day shift for both counties, and one medic for night shift for both counties. Or they kind of have two medics on when I'm not on duty, because then I'm on call from my house at the ambulance station in Copper Harbor. And, uh, yeah, particularly bad things are happening on shift. So, uh, it's been a bit stressful, even for someone fairly seasoned like me. And, uh, quite frankly, the service is treating me like crap. I have, uh, been debating on whether to just walk away it has really occurred to me. Except that the main reason why I got into this was service to my community. I'm not ready to give up on that yet. Although things are getting bad enough, that's kind of wearing thin, too. Uh, I lost a full day of day job work yesterday because at uh, quarter to 11, got paged out for a call that uh, turned into another call and turned into another call and Pretty soon, it's almost 7 o'clock at night when I'm getting home from when I left the fire station initially for the first call. 
and uh, yeah I do get paid while I'm on duty when I get called but uh, it is the lowest paying job I've got of anything I do and that's the base rate if you take in the required on call when I'm on duty uh, it's 12 hours at base rate and it's 12 hours at on call rate and on call rate is about $2.31 an hour so then you take those 24 hours add uh, the 12 hours of on call and the 12 hours of base rate and uh, despite the fact that I have a college degree and a medical license to practice as a paramedic um, at that rate of pay when you average it out learning to say would you like fries with that please pays a whole lot more per hour and I am not putting down people in the service industry I'm just saying that uh, being able to say those words would be a pay raise so between the stress of the job and the crap that I'm getting put up put through from the home office and the way I'm treated by some of the ER doctors and nurses I'm ready to hang it up I'm gonna just kind of walk away for a little bit and just let things calm down and yes I'm still pulling shifts but uh, Yeah. Anyhow, so uh, enough of that fun subject. I'll keep you posted as it goes. There's been, as I said, some really brutal shift after shift after shift. Uh, can't say I've ever had nightmares about the job before uh, these past few months. It's been that bad. Um, as I said, the, uh, the day job, the other day job, bought me this nice work truck got a little thing, a couple of little things to work on. Occasionally hear the, the dinger go off giving a warning, Will Robinson. Uh, I'm knocking those things off one at a time, and uh, it's, uh, the major ones have already been taken care of. There's a couple minor ones I'm tracking down, and apparently didn't bother the former owners, which was the Gichigumi Bible Camp. Really well known up here. Uh, Gichigumi is the Indian word for uh, Lake Superior. And, uh, Four weeks, actually, for over almost two months, I was driving Gichigumi Bible Camp trucks because they loaned us one while this one was getting ready to be decommissioned. And it makes you very self-aware uh, about how you're driving, how you're reacting to people around you when you're driving a Bible truck. And I've had several people, I may have re remarked this in the last episode, but I've had several people walk up to me and go, um, Mike, did you change jobs? I just walk up to them with this smile on my face and say, Have you heard the good news, brother? And they slowly walk, you know, walk away. They back away. But no, 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 no. It's, it's a work truck. Well, this truck is... Uh, I was getting it sight unseen. I was kind of worried about what it was going to look like. But uh, it's actually, it's fire engine red. Fits right in with the, uh, the fire department and, and my work and doesn't look out of place at the fire department want to park there for uh, ambulance calls and fire calls and uh, as I said it's uh, it's a welcome addition to the Uper fleet now uh, it does give me time to work on the white Jeep I don't remember where we're at with the, the vehicle sagas but uh, my youngest son who had borrowed my white Jeep for a considerable period of time when he blew the engine on that green Jeep are you keeping the colors tracked straight okay um, it didn't come back to me in the best of condition a, a, not anything he did intentionally 
especially the broken frame that he didn't know about. And I'm kind of glad he gave it back to me when he did, because it was really broken. It was about to fail. Which is kind of strange, because the frame's in actually pretty good shape. I uh, don't know why that happened. Well, maybe he was four-wheeling it pretty heavy at one time, but, you know, that's what Jeeps are made for. Did catch it before any permanent damage was done. Uh, got a professional welder to rebuild that part of the frame, and the rest of it shows no rust. So, again, I don't know what happened. Green Jeep still has got a blown engine, and the black Jeep's got a good engine and a frame that's just coming apart all over the place. Part of me wants to just put an ad in the paper for somebody looking for Jeep parts. There's a lot of good parts there, and you can take both those Jeeps and make one. That's something I'd like to do, but I don't know when I'm going to have time to do it. I do have the skills to do it, and that would be good for son number one and son number two to see how it's done at least once. And uh, Mrs. Virtual Uber is also rather interested in doing a Jeep build. So I'm, I'm, I'm not real happy about having two dead Jeeps parked behind my garage. And there's the beep, if you heard it. Um, but I guess they're not all that conspicuous to anybody but me. You know, living so far out in a remote wilderness, in pristine wilderness, it's kind of gnawing on me to have two junk vehicles there. But I guess they're not really junk. They just, uh, they're projects, projects awaiting their start. How's that sound? So I had an idea for this episode. Darn near a month ago. Hang on a second. And uh, that was, we had a memorial for Captain Don Kilpla Jr. Probably been about four weeks ago now. And uh, we, actually he would refer to himself as the mayor of Copper Harbor. Nothing shy about Don Jr. Always entertaining. Sometimes overbearing. But in a lovable way once you walk away from him. And anybody who knows Donnie knows what I'm talking about. Um, for example, a significant other friend of Donnie's, she bought him a uh, Alexa for Christmas saying it would give her a break from his conversation to give him something else to talk to all the time. And she was right. <laughs> I knew about it because she asked me to help her hook it up in the house because Donnie didn't own a computer. Never owned a computer. Didn't care if he had internet. Didn't care if he had access. Although his house was a major relay point in town. So, you know, the internet company said, well, if we can use your house and your tower, we'll give you free internet. And he's like, that's great. I don't have a computer. Well, you can use your smartphone. Don't have a cell phone. Yeah, that was Donnie. He was known for a lot of things. Um, one of them being, he was known as Berry Man, as in picking berries. And Copper Harbor is known for thimble berries, which is a uh, berry that's pretty much unique to the boreal areas of North America. Although, when uh, I was out at Pataluma to go see uh, This Week in Tech, I did notice some thimbleberry bushes out there. I don't know if they were the same species, but they were definitely thimbleberry bushes. But mostly, these bushes thrive in areas where there are dead birch trees nurturing the ground, 
in high rain areas of the northeast and boreal forests of northern U.S. and Canada. <coughs> Excuse me. So Downey was known for being a master at picking these things and being a supplier of berries to those making jam and jelly and, and uh, frostings in the area, preserves. And at one point, he did a documentary. A friend of his was taking, I guess, a film class or documentary class and wanted a project and... <coughs> Hang on a second. And uh, Daddy said, well, you can make one about me, being the shy person that he was. And he talks about his, his berry picking and his secret spots. He goes, okay, we're about to head off to a secret spot. And he's doing this premiere in the Brickside Brewery in Copper Harbor, some of you know of which I speak. So they've got this, this video running, and he's going, okay, and the camera goes up into the sky and circles around for a bit, and you see occasional tree branches go by, and then all of a sudden the camera comes back down and focuses on uh, Donnie getting out of his car in front of these woods. He goes, okay, we're now at my super secret, high productivity, thimbleberry picking grounds. And he moves off just to a little bit to his right, Then I look at the screen, and I look at Don. And I say, Don is what? He said, isn't that the corner of my garage? And he's like, what? what, 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 what shut up. No, you, that's nothing. You see nothing. It's not. No, no, no. I said, Donnie, you're picking in my backyard. No, 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 I'm not. Yes. Oh, um, uh, cut the video. Cut the video. I always wondered why it was parked across the street from my garage. And ironically, his, uh, one of his good friends and arch, I can't say enemy, arch competitor in berry picking, although she actually made the jams and jellies and preserves herself, um, they would take turns perking, park, perking, parking across from the, uh, the old Uper studio garage here. If he was there one day, she'd drive on by, and if she was parked, he'd drive on by, and this went on for years. Well, I stood up and told that story at Donnie's memorial because it's one of those things where, okay, everybody come up and say something about Donnie. And there was this silence. And the shy person that I am, being a podcaster, said, oh, I got a story. Came up and told that one. And there was another one, but, you know, I didn't really want to hog the mic or even come back. I thought about going back up again, but uh, and actually things started to get long in the storytelling and I didn't want to cause anybody any any discomfort but I'll tell it here and I'll tell those that were at the benefit at the memorial that if they want to hear another story about Donnie listen to episode 401 so before the berry picking episode that I was talking about where he was picking it well he was picking in my garage then too this goes back about oh 11 12 years I was uh working on a washing machine. We had put a laundry room in shortly after uh, we moved up full-time. Should have put it in beforehand, but, you know, that's, things get done when they need to get done. And it started out with uh, our old washer and dryer from our farm in Wisconsin. And uh, there was a problem with the washing machine, and I just figured it would be easier to work on it up at the garage, so I actually had pulled it out of the, the cabin loaded it into the back of our pickup truck, brought it up to the garage, 
And it was a nice day out, and I was actually working in front of the garage, in the driveway, on the washing machine. And I was listening, uh, oh, I remember, I was listening to the Zedcast. Episode after episode of the Zedcast while I was working on the home appliances. And uh, so I'm listening to Bruce Murray in the headsets, and I hear this... And I'm trying to figure out what this thumping noise is. And then I look straight up. And there's this black helicopter hovering over my garage. And I kind of look up. And I'm like, okay, that looks like a DEA copter. It was. Well, they never admitted to it. Just because it's a black helicopter with the doors open and thermal imaging cameras and guys with uh, sidearms. Also, the guys in the Cadillac, black Cadillac Escalades, driving around town with antennas on the top and monitors, but nobody admitted to what they were. A friend of mine, inquisitive person that he was, and not afraid to ask questions, a uh, product of the 60s, by the way, if you want to think of an uh, old hippie, Clyde would gladly uh, agree that he fits that category. <clears throat> and he's like, uh, so, he calls the sheriff. He says, okay, uh, what's the story with the black helicopters and uh, black Escalades driving through town? And there's this pause on the other end of the phone. And the sheriff says, um, uh, it's, uh, it's the power company. They're inspecting their lines. Why? Are you uh, concerned? Do you have anything to hide? And Clyde, not missing a beat, goes, From the power company? No, i got nothing to hide from the power company. Well, the helicopter continues to hover over Copper Harbor and meanders over to uh, Lake Manganese. Well, this is before uh, marijuana was legal in the state of Michigan. And uh, it could be that some of the locals, you know, the, the 90, some of them were growing their own plants out in the woods. And... Uh, the helicopter meandered over to uh, Lake Manganese as well as the Black Escalades because they saw some movement in the, in the bushes. So the helicopter shows up, the Black Escalades show up, the uh, <clears throat> power company guys with the uh, Glocks on their belts get out of the Escalade, Escalades actually, and this poor guy comes walking out of the bushes as they draw their guns. And you guessed it, Donnie Coppola, carrying two buckets of thimbleberries, stained in red from shirt to pants from picking berries, looks up and goes, Wah! Bit of a surprise to him. I don't know if it was a surprise to them. I don't that they really expect to see somebody walking out of uh, Lake Manganese hauling marijuana plants. Maybe they did. I know they went in there and got them. Don't know where they were, but I'm sure they existed. So that was the, the second story that I would have told about Donnie. Donnie's encounter with the DEA. So, okay, I'm out of practice. I'm a little bit off my, uh, my beat here, but I hope you enjoyed it. I'm now on the covered road, by the way. Again, some of you know of which I speak. And I'm probably uh, 
five miles or so from the harbor. So thank you for keeping me company. And uh, I'm still trying to find a way to bring the episodes back that uh, I have uh, taken offline. They're still on the server. They're just not... uh, If you uh, try to get to the RSS feed for those podcasts, you'll get that do-do-do. The URL address has been changed. The new number is... It's still extremely discouraging. It's uh, 14, 15 years worth of work. And it's all legal, but how do I prove it? It's not even questionable. It's all legal. Working on that. Hope you're well. Uh, Thanks for bearing with me on the, the first part. But yeah, being a paramedic and EMS in this country right now sucks. Not just in the harbor. Services are closing down. Uh, my home service has lost half of its medics. The service to the south of us has lost a third of their medics. And in 37 states of the Union, EMS is not even considered an essential... Uh, yeah, toy boat, toy boat. You knew that was coming, right, Jason? In 37 states of the Union, EMS is not even considered a necessary service. Not on the state level, not on the federal level. That needs to get fixed. Otherwise, more and more of us are going to be asking, would you like fries with that to get by? We'll catch you later. Here's a little more Mojo Perry. Take care. Bye. Okay. Daddy, 
man don't like me That's alright, cause there ain't no love Stopping my, my juju beam I love my cannon chow I love my shooting star Girls love my bells Love my house All my heart, I love my juju beam I love my juju beam Love my juju beam Ah, juju beam 